Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show. I am Louise Salas, your host on the podcast that is raising the bar on craft cocktails. With me is my friend, my muse, my Venus, my Venus de Milo, the mixtress DC Gina. Good morning, Louise. This is an early one for us. It huh? is. It yeah. is. And, and no alcohol, so we're gonna. There's definitely gonna be some bubbles. I mean, you know, that's always the thing. You know, bartender pop is uh, what I'm used to. But okay, we'll, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. <laughs> we can do that later. Um, so this is uh, for listeners. Just so you know, this is a special episode of the Designated Drinker Show. We are here at the museum hosting AFDC's AM Buzz. And for those of you who don't know, that's the local chapter of American Advertising Federation in your nation's capital. So, uh, Gina, this is another first for us. It. it- We've got a live audience. I know. There's a lot of people looking at us this time, right? We don't usually have this. I'm just hoping there's not a whole lot of heckling. And they've uh, left all their tomatoes at home. Yeah. We took our hair out of the curler. It's kind of... uh, (laughs) Or I just put mine up in buns. I don't know. (laughs) It could get ugly. It could get weird. It could... It usually does. Yeah, it does get weird. So it'd be a typical show. Yeah. Yeah. So so why are we uh, hosting this panel for AAF? Um, because uh, it's going to be all about podcasting and specifically what marketers need to hear about podcasting. But uh, we're not doing it alone. Oh, no, 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 not alone. Uh, we are with, and I'm going to mess up his name. I know it. Uh, with, as if that's any different than any other uh, show. That's every guest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Unless your last name is Smith, we nothing. And first name is John. <laughs> yeah, uh, John Smith, good, <laughs> perfect. Anybody else? No! Ah, crap sheet. Yep. So we have, uh, look at the first one, Brendan Monaghan. Yay! At the CEO, and here's where I'm really going to mess it up. Panoply Media? You're so close. Panoply Media? Panoply, you got it. Second time around. Good good job. Good Um, job. He's going to be the co-host of of the panel as well today, and as well as the designated drinker. Okay. You're wearing two hats. I am. I think I can do it, though. I'm you confident. Ready? Yeah, you got all kinds of stuff here for me. So we do. Let's, we let's do. do it. It, that, yeah. You know, Gina always has the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why no, not? Let's just, let's, let's just jump in really quick. Okay, like, let's do it. Like a little welcome thing. So normally we make a welcome cocktail. Yeah. It's a little bit of a morning thing, so we're going to actually do a little debunking of the myth of what is hot and trendy right now in juice bars and what you should be drinking and what's your water like. So we have uh, two things, which I love. Um, alkaline waters, in case everybody has not heard of alkaline waters, they are waters that have a little bit more salt content. Here is myth or fact is most people don't realize that your water that comes out of the tap has saline in it. So they're only putting the words that it's in there, right? <laughs> and then uh, the second part is, is that what's hotter than rosé right now? Pretty much nothing, right? All so, day. All day rosé. So they're just kind of using the, the idea, the marketing of it, right? Of using, calling it basically tap water with a hint of rose petal in it. Those damn like, marketers. But to do that, right? Of course, right? Yeah, is, I, were you on this? This is a pretty good thing, i got to be honest. Because <laughs> this water was um, like $8. Good Lord. So, so we have an alkaline water. We have an alkaline water with a little bit of uh, rose petal in it. And then going with the rosé theme. And just so everybody knows, uh, Panasonic actually calls the pink that's on this bottle millennial pink. Well, so when I was a child, thing. it was called Dusty Rose my grandmother had it all over her house. Yeah. Now it's millennial pink, way hotter. Yeah. So my grandmother, <laughs> coolest person alive, right? <laughs> then we have a second thing. We have a charcoal-infused water, and if you guys have been living under a rock, then you haven't seen the charcoals and everything. Now your food. Well, if you were living under a rock, wouldn't your water then, like, 
come around with charcoal. Yeah, it'd be full it. circle, actually. Yeah, it'd be, You're so right. It'd be natural. Yeah. Mother nature. I mean, those newts, they've been doing it better than everybody, right? <laughs> so this is your charcoal charged water. Um, so let's do a little side by side. And you guys tell me, what, where, where are we at? Are we, it's obviously which one has charcoal in it. That's so, what I mean. So right. what are we doing here? Am I trying to tell you what I like better? Yeah, I think, I think, I think you tell me, is it, do we just drink like regular water? Do we go, do we go the rosé alkaline water and salt it up? Okay. Do you? I, the rosé alkaline water tastes like it came from my grandmother's bathroom in that she <laughs> sprayed her perfume. <laughs> I, I can't argue. I think, I think you're onto something there. So the $8 rosé water, maybe not the best idea. Yeah, just spray your grandma's really bad perfume. Now, I like this alkaline or the charcoal water. Yeah. It's sweeter than I thought. Yeah. It, it almost tastes like juice. Like, literally, if I close my eyes and, like, I, I was expecting... Don't close your eyes. It can get dangerous. Yeah, on this show especially. Exactly. It, okay. Now, um, we're not even looped. <laughs> okay. I, I think when, um, so what they don't list on these kind of waters, and you have to be really careful when you're drinking all this, is, like, everyone's like, oh, it's so good for you, whatever. A lot of times, sugar. charcoal doesn't taste really good, obviously, so they put a lot of sugar inside, inside these waters, and that's every company, and they don't actually have to list it. Really? If it's under, yeah, if it's under... Um, I think it's like 10 grams. You don't actually have to list. You could actually call it like like lightly sweetened or, and when it's a water, you don't actually have to list it at all. So careful what you're drinking because people just chug these and I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's like sweet. Meanwhile, you've had like 60 grams of sugar and you want to know why you had that charge because like, well, you just ate like two cakes. So, <laughs> you know, you're kind of like, you're like wide awake and you're like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> so, uh, all right. So right now, so we think one's sweet and one's grandma's bathroom. Yeah. So I think that's why I just think you just sometimes you just drink regular water. I'm just saying, let's it's go nuts. water. Yeah, I think I would, you know. Let's keep I, sipping. It we'll are we going to get? Are we going to get like? We're not going to get smarter. May, I mean, right? I mean, well, the I, salt I might help after last night's. You know, what is it? You're as smart as you are at 30, and then it all degenerates after that. I, mean, <laughs> I think that's what it is, right? I hope not. I this mean, I the, don't know. This is the salt one. This is the yeah, salt water. That's the, the salt your water. grandmother's perfume. I know. Now I'm never gonna drink this stuff ever yeah. and not think of. <laughs> Your grandmother's bathroom. <laughs> exactly. So basically, so I it also had pink, It had pink. Um, the no, it had the, the really bad um, floral uh, wallpaper. What? Yeah. Yeah. And pink. it was also dusty rose. It was. It had pink. But now, yeah. but now, if you just change it to millennial pink, then we'll then be Hannah's own. will be like that is the hot, hot color right now. So all right, moving on. Sorry. But no, what no, do you no, do? This is fun. So Brandon, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. So how did you end up in podcasting in this crazy landscape? Yeah. Um, so I worked um, locally here in DC at the former Washington Post company. We owned. A, we bought a company a couple years before I joined them called Slate, uh-huh. and yeah. Slate was very big in the podcasting early days. Uh, 2004, 2005, really got into it. Started with reading articles in a closet they did. And, um, and <laughs> then it. Pretty much all we do, but we just bring alcohol <laughs> in with us. Right, okay. Gets a little more vivid that way. Yeah. Um, and then, usually a guest, then it gets really exciting. <laughs> yeah, so fast forward, I was at Slate and I was. Um, I was basically looking for opportunities for us to continue developing um, revenue for the company. And one thing that we were actually doing well as a company was creating great content, the political gap fest, the culture gap fest, a variety of other shows. And we're also, our ad team was actually having some effectiveness at selling those, um, selling those shows from, to advertisers. And so we thought, is there a way to kind of productize this, if you will, or make this into a, a broader service? Um, and so it was the fall of 2014. A couple of us were just having conversations with a variety of, 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 of other media companies. Say, is this something you're interested in? And meanwhile, a couple of things happened. One is that 
Apple made the podcast app native, non-deletable in the, in the fall of 2014. And a couple months later, literally while we're in the throes of conversations with potential partners, Serial was, was a big yep. hit, right? So you know when something's you know being spoofed on Saturday Night Live, it's, it's probably hit the vernacular if it hasn't already. And so that was the fall and winter of 2014, and we thought, Hmm. There, and there was a lot of interest, right? A lot of companies, early partners were New York Magazine and Real Simple and, and, a, and a few others. You know, um, Gretchen Rubin came on. She's a friend. She was doing some work for Slate. And next thing you know, we, we launched uh, at then a, a podcast network that's really aimed at two things, helping folks create great content and monetizing that, uh, monetizing that content. And we thought we would, we had 15 shows at Slate. We thought maybe we would add 10 in 2015, finish the year. 2530 we actually finished here with like 80 shows in the network and folks were just really excited about you know working with us and understanding how to create great shows and how to monetize great shows and and the, the last part which is really brings us to date is um, we were using a technology partner. They were fine, but we just didn't love what was happening there. So we were looking for a potential partner. We actually found a company led by two brothers in Australia um, Long story short, we bought the technology, we hired the brothers, they joined our company, one is our CTO, um, and um, we've really kind of now offer that full suite of services to folks, and um, in fact, are doing a lot with folks across the spectrum of sales, tech, and content. So. That's yeah. a long answer to a simple question, but... No, but that's, that, that's really a, the key, like yeah. the, the, that three-sided piece to it. Yeah. Those are... I say that from experience. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, we got into this from a different point of view, actually, yeah. obviously. Uh, my background is a creative director um, and had been in the industry for a long time. Yeah. And <clears throat> I'll, I'll put it nicely. I got bored. I was bored and looking for that next space. And yeah. Gina and I had done something earlier on in a different idea, selling a show. That's such a huge space. Yeah. Um, and uh, we got back to it. She went off and had a couple of kids. Yep. <laughs> and, knocked up. Yeah. Knocked up two times. Crazy. Two years. I mean, it took two years. Bang them out. We're <laughs> literally. Bang them out. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> she's, uh, <laughs> um, uh, so then we came back to this, and, the, and this was after the. This is after Serial and looking yep. at what we, the product that or content we wanted to create, and what did that look like, and how do we navigate this huge media space? Yeah. It's just being two chicks who want to do this. Mm-hmm. So the concept, the concept actually. I got to because of Gina. Mm. Uh, when I said that she was, you know, my Venus de Milo. There's always some reason she's either Gidget or she's my jelly to my peanut butter. She's been my cheese on my Mac. She's she's always something crazy. Yeah, Cagney and Lacey. But I mean, the thing <laughs> is, is the, the truth of the matter is, is you, the concept was the concept, but without having the talent behind it. Yeah, I'm really not the talent. I mean, I'm just the host until mm. I don't have to be. You know, like I say that because the, the talent really is Gina. I yeah. just have the gift of gab. Um, so when. So I guess my point to this is that you can come up with good ideas all day long, but if you don't have the the characters to play the roles in this kind of scenario especially, it just falls apart. And you can hear other podcasts are doing the same where you know there's a good idea there, but the person who's reading it or the way it's delivering, it just isn't there. So obviously there was an idea, a nugget there. It just needs to be... So can you help me understand? Did you start the show because you, you just wanted a creative outlet? 
it was you know a passion project, something you were interested in. Did you did you see this as a viable way to make money, yes. kind of a side hustle? Yeah, no, I, I well, it was side hustle for a little bit, only while I was coming up with the concept of the show. Yeah. Um, but as a creative director, there's only so many hours in right. a day, and then you start cheating one for the other, like, and it's unfair. And no, I this was never a pa- passion project. No one. Well, unless I, I didn't win the lottery to do this, but I did take a big leap. I quit my job, wow. um, and I focus um, 100% on this at this point. Yeah. Um, so am I passionate about it? Absolutely. I would not have never done it if I weren't. And I do believe that the only way you are um, successful in this world and happy, successful can be many different things, right, um, is that if you're doing something you absolutely love doing. Yeah. And I... So the concept, truly believe in the concept. It's just it's just the hard work and time mm. that it takes. And side hustles are great, but they are exactly that because mm. you're not focusing. You're putting in fifty percent if you're lucky. You're yeah. more if you have a creative director's job. You're lucky if you're putting in twenty percent or you know. So really, for it to for me to to get behind it and really believe in what I'm doing, I had I had to take the step. I had to take the leap. And. Uh, I, Gina is one of those. Yeah, Gina's just one of those people. You're like, hey, can we do this? Yes. But I went, yes. And it's always a yes, we can do it. We can do it. Yes, yes, yes. She's just like, I always describe her as a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Um, And sometimes it really comes down hard. It's, that's why I drink so much. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And is it your full-time? No, No, she's got tons. So I own uh, Buffalo and Bergen at Union Market, and um, we're expanding into another store. And um, I've been doing cocktails now for 20 years. So this is kind of like my favorite thing. But when Louise came up with this concept, and one thing, like what, and I'm sure that you've seen, when you're doing a podcast, when you're doing any outlet, when you start a business, when you you know think you want to do something, you have to be ready for change yeah. and evolution. So when you listen to like our first podcast, and you listen to our 40th podcast, it's completely, it's not a completely different show. The concept, the structure, and everything's there, but the delivery, how it is, and what it looks like, gets or sounds like gets more uh, it's more in tune mm. and it's a really no beautiful and no, no, yeah no pun intended right but it's a beautiful thing because what we created is a, is a space that you're never alone yeah. right podcasts like that's one thing I, you can listen to two kinds of podcasts right the podcasters it's somebody talking at you mm. and then there's a conversation when someone's talking with you mm. and when you're in that space and you're like you know you have a friend you're basically ponying up to a bar, and I'm, and I'm, the, and I'm the, the bartender, and we have a guest on who would be sitting next to somebody at a bar, and Louise is basically that single guest sitting at the bar, and then you come in, and then we have this conversation with you, and it's something that happens naturally in a bar space and a safe space where you're like, you know, you could be yourself, and then you can listen to it, and you are literally listening to that conversation, and you can almost, when you, when you listen to our show, feel your point of where you jump in, yeah. and that's creating a space that's real. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the difference between, you know, you know, the person reading the really funny stuff and you can tell that it's a closed network and you're never going to get in. Mm. Or the, ch- the chance where you have the actual chance to, like, be part of it or, you know, say, oh, I have a question or, oh, would you do this? And, like, and like you know, people email and they say, okay, what would you do? What would you do? You know, and, like, or how did you do this? And, like, and I feel like that interaction is, like, really kind of, like, the next level of it, right? Yeah. Do I, do I, you know, like... You know, and, and, and that's podcasting. That's also live broadcasting at the same time, right? Your radio shows, people call in, yeah. right? So this is just a different way of dialing in without, like, that live interaction, but, like, you're there. Yeah. 
And that's a different space. It's and I, the role that I really play on the show yeah. is that, you know, I'll ask Gina, why did you use that glass? Or why why would you use rye over, you know, yeah. or... And so that way, uh, hopefully, um, that the show c- translates to that where it's relatable. You know, it's funny. You use the word in, in what you just said, natural. And that's, that's something that... So our chief content officer, Andy Bowers, who really started podcasting at Slate and, and leads it at, at Panoply, he tells a story about when they first were launching the political gab fest, they had, you know, they had David Plotz, who at the time was the editor of Slate. They had John Dickerson, who you might know now from CBS and Face the Nation. And, you know, he was a, he was a writer for Slate. And they were sitting in a room, and, um, and Emily Bazelon, excuse me, the three of them were sitting in a room, and at one point... Um, David's phone rings and his wife saying, where did you put the, the broom or whatever? <laughs> and he's like, honey, I, I'm on a podcast right now, you know. And they sat there and they thought about it. They're like, oh, let's, we got to cut that out. And then Andy says, you know, actually, let's not. Um, and ever since they did that, it was on one of the first episodes, they realized, like, we're going to create this environment that it feels like it's the fourth person sitting at a table of three. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a little bit of the vibe that you get from podcasting. It's natural and it's, it's honest. Um, and so I think that's what people have a lot of fun with. And listeners really engage with that. Is, 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 you know, we've done a lot of partnerships with professional brands, brands you'd be like, awesome to, to stick up on a slideshow. But they failed because they don't have a personality attached to it. I take I take a personality that's unknown over a brand, you know, a, a personality that's unknown that's engaging and, and builds a an audience over a brand any day. Because at the end of the day, I don't listen to the you know the XYZ magazine podcast. I listen to Louise, yeah. and and that is As very. All of you should. In the room. <laughs> Go ahead. Subscribe right. right now. That's right. Um, I, to that point, like when we have, we have had some large brand ambassadors for yeah. some spirits um, and some global brand ambassadors. And in, in the world of spirits, they're big names. Now, as a listener, you may or may not know who they are. But the, the thing is, when, we, when they have been on the show and some of them have been sponsored episodes, yeah. We still treat them exactly the same. Yeah. We talk about their journey and how they got to what they did, to where they are, and the passion behind what they're doing, mm-hmm. and the brand. And what I explain is that your brand then comes alive because of it, because mm-hmm. you're humanizing the brand, yeah. because you're telling your personal story, right. and you so happen to be the brand ambassador of Bacardi or Hendrix or you know name many different brands. But it allows for that for me as a listener to understand that space. And yeah. again, like you said, Jane, invite me into um, wanting to know more. And then I feel like I know the brand better because yeah. I've got a, a voice. Not a face, yeah. huh? And it's yeah. not always about brand. Like we've had like um, just really interesting people on. Like sometimes like, you know, like sounds crazy, but like, you know, everybody in this, everybody in this room, everybody you meet, everybody on the subway, that could be your next story because like everybody does something that is completely unique and like maybe you don't know about their job. Like, like um, one of my goals is I, I would love to have somebody on like from like NASA or something like that because I just want to talk about space. Like, I want somebody to like be like, oh, let's talk about space. Like, I want to just talk about it. Like, that's where Gina and I'd be very, very quiet. <laughs> I would love it. I'd like, out. let's just talk about everything about it, like a vacuum. Is this really going to happen? Can we go to space? And yeah. is there going to be a bar in space? And am I going to make cocktails? And how am I going to get it in the glass? Like, this is like what I want to know. Is, are we doing this? Should I write that cocktail book now for 100 years from now? Because I want to do it. I want that legacy of that. Like, I want to. And I love that. But I love the beauty of that. I love, like, meeting you today, right? So, like, I didn't know what you did, but I definitely know what Slate was. Yeah. I mean, I worked in Penn Quarter. I know exactly who Slate was. Yeah. 
so, and did I know that that's what they were doing? No, because I was a bartender, just like, oh, you guys work for Slate? That's great. Here's your cocktail. Like, you know, I didn't know. And now here we are. Gina's ever been that me, 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 though. When I was younger, I was. When I was younger, I wasn't um, as sure of myself as I am now. I guess you work yourself into a role. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I think... Um, there's definitely more of a platform in our business for um, for bartenders and being a woman behind the bar uh, now. And that was like, I think the leap really happened in like 09-ish. So. so when we talk about organic, and we circle back, to, how do you organically match like brands with podcasts, like from like marketers, like, advertising, like from an advertising standpoint? Because they're paying to be there. How is it that they, how do you make that? That match. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of... Tinder. <laughs> that, that's I don't even know which way you Bumble, 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 Bumble. Um, so, it's interesting because, you know, a lot, a lot of the ways it's worked in the past is podcasts will ask for surveys and they'll get self-selected data and they'll start to build out profiles to say, here's what the podcast looks like. It's 70% female and it's, you know, high net worth. It's, you know, whatever. It's this type of content and it's this type of audience. And in the past, that's a lot of times what we've put in front of marketers said, here's, you know, they tell us what they're trying to reach or telling us who they're trying to get to. And then we identify shows that help help meet that profile. What's interesting, and one thing we're working on at Panoply is this concept of, of actual targeting, right? So in the past, you, you download a podcast, it goes to your device, and boom, it's just like, it's, a, it's kind of a dumb device, as smart as we call it. Um, you, can't, you can't know anything about the listener. And what we're able to do now through, through some targeting capabilities, we're actually able to target folks. So, for example, let's say um, Starbucks wants to reach, you know, w- women with their, their for, you know, forthcoming cappuccino drink. All of a sudden, if they buy a show like Malcolm Gladwell, that might be, let's say it's 50-50, um, now they're buying 50% waste in terms yeah. of who they're trying to reach. And so what we're able to do now, instead of just selling someone a vertical show, which may make sense, you want to be around Malcolm Gladwell, for example. It's a great show to be around. It's a great audience. Um, but if, you're, if you have a specific reach you're trying to hit as a, as a marketer, now we're able to say, don't just buy just one show vertically, let's actually pull off pieces of that um, and allow you to reach just women across maybe 50 shows instead of just one vertically. So, so you're based on their guests? Uh, not, no, not on their guests, based on the actual audience listener demographic. So gotcha. I, you know, we're still respecting privacy and PII, but we're able to take some information from the device, match that with, with data we've gotten from Nielsen around web surfing across like 9 billion devices. We're able to marry those two things and now basically say, you know, is this Louise listening to this podcast or is this Brendan listening to this podcast? If it's Louise, she's going to get the Starbucks ad. If it's Brendan, he might get the Verizon ad, um, which is not that big of a deal for digital and a variety of other mediums we're all yep. used to. But for podcasting, that's transformative, right? You've never been able to target advertising in a way in, in devices that are really kind of this, this client on your phone that just is an endpoint. Yep. So. It, those are the two ways we at Panoply think about reaching advertisers. One, if you want to reach a specific show and you love the lineup of the, of the audience and, and you want to be around the content specifically, you want to be around sports, I don't care what the audience is. I just, you know, I want to reach sports fans. Like, that's a very simple buy across specific shows and content types. But if I want to reach specific audience, now there's a capability for people to reach across those audiences, across shows, I should say. And that is, like, unlocking a lot of conversations with brands who now are starting to see, wow, you can start to do some of the things that I'm used to doing in the other world that I couldn't in the past in podcasting. And now that's why you're starting to see the revenue charts kind of go up into 
to the right for podcasting, where in the past it kind of, you know, it, it, gr- it was growing, but, but nominally. So now you're starting to see some, some inflection because other categories are starting to open up to the opportunities of reaching, you know, shows like yours and more importantly, audiences like yours. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and when we started this, I mean, I, whenever I speak to guests, I'm like, it's simple. It's simply a branding platform. Yeah. At its, at its base level, like stripped down, it is just a branding platform. It's a branding platform for Gina to build her brand as the expert because she truly is the expert. Yeah. Um, but then as a guest, depending on what you're doing and who you yeah. are, it helps. It sets you up to also be that brand expert mm. or that, that expert in in something, in whatever that may be. Um, but then from the listener standpoint, you're going to learn, hopefully, I mean, you're going to learn how to make an amazing cocktail from an expert within the field. And laugh. Usually at me. Yeah, no, usually just in general. It's pretty funny. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty funny. I think, like, you know, sometimes in learning, like, I love the show, like, uh, you know, How Stuff's Made, right? Or How Stuff Works, sorry. And uh, they're funny. You know, like I wouldn't generally know about like gear shifts and this, that, and like, I mean, or plumbing or whatever, but it's actually, it's, it's informative and amusing. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a good combination because sometimes you just listen to stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, how could you talk about it? Or like you have some of these tasting shows where they'll have like somebody tasting whiskey for two and a half hours and you're like, come on. Yeah. Like, you're like, you got to throw a joke in there. Something's got to yeah. happen. It's not that serious. And if you've ever gone to a professional tasting in general, mm. it's not like that. Like, you go and you're scoring these, these brands, these whiskeys, and um, like it or not, spit or not, you're still getting a little intoxicated. So by the time you get to, like, 45, even with a little bit sitting on your mouth, <laughs> you know, you're pretty much buzzed out. So, like, you know, that's just... Uh, you know, I thought you talked about scoring whiskey. It's like a side benefit of going to the tasting. You're like, got it. You got exposure to yeah. what, 45 different whiskeys. Uh, yeah, usually. Oh. So uh, we do. Uh, so you know those little numbers that you see like on your bottles. You're like, oh, this this is a 90. This is a 89. Well, those come from a room of like people like myself that are like pulled together. Really? Yeah. And then like those, and then you get these numbers, and like um, you know, some come from panels for magazines, some come from you know different things. But those numbers come, and they're because we're sitting in a room. And then we're going through all the whiskeys, and they get they get distributed in a number. So after a mean, so like you know, you always have Judgey Jedrison is really what. Yeah, but but it's true because like and then but that's also how the price is yeah. regulated. Yeah, because whiskey in general costs a certain amount of money, okay. right? Just in general. Now the value is placed with that number. So if it's okay, based on the opinions of a select pool. Well, of I mean, ex- well, I'd say more of expert pool drinkers. Like yeah. you have. You know, I have classified, like, my palate's been classified. I know, like, where my where I can be. And Did you insure it? I did not insure it. You insure it. Like, like, you know who Dolly is insured? Dolly Parton's boobs and stuff. Um, no, you know, you <laughs> laugh. Turner's leg. But um, yeah. all the people that work for, like, Wine Advocate and all that stuff, they do actually, they are insured. Their tongues are usually insured for, like, over a million dollars. Could you imagine that, like... No, Robert Parker. He's insured for, like, five million. Could you imagine that, like, that doctor, like, visit? Can you also take a look? I mean, did like, you know that his palate's worth, like, five million dollars? Like, it's literally because How he can... How do you cash that can, out, though? Yeah, can we just like, cash that just, out? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Robert Parker lives in Maryland, and if you ever had the chance to see where he lives, he's cashed it out. So <laughs> he is not. He is definitely not like, God, where is my next paycheck coming from? <laughs> can, so, I, can I turn this palette in for I mean, a few he bucks? Is, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got a universal platform of advocate, and it's amazing. Would you have, like, everything. police, like... Palette police all over the He's place. Actually, like you can't eat. Like he was a question on Jeopardy once. Really? Yeah, they were like it was back in like. Be a question on Jeopardy. He was. He was a question. I want to be the answer. Is worth blah blah blah. Actually, you want to be the answer. Yeah, whatever. He was. Yeah. yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> what is Robert Parker? Was the answer? What? <laughs> so, uh, 
Sorry. What do you have over there? Uh, oh, you want, you want a drink? Let's do it. All right, so this morning we're going to go with the theme, right? So we're going to do the buzzworthy. So we, so here's the thing. We put cocktail, you know, we do alcohol and everything, right? We're usually buzzed in another way. Obviously. Yeah, so we're going to do this a different way. So this morning I had my friends uh, mix up a, a mix of me for uh, turmeric, um, a little bit of carrot juice, apple, and it's basically just fresh juice, right? So turmeric's just really good for you, all that kind of stuff. But to create a buzz or something that's gonna be like a zing, I actually have fresh um, ginger juice. And we are gonna we're gonna actually do a shot of that and then the mix that they made for me. Um, do you want me to tell you? For those at home, it's like 9.30 in the morning here yeah. at the museum, right? Right, and we're at the museum, but like here's the thing, I love like carrot juice and stuff like that. Like, are you gonna be at home? Carrots. Are you gonna make it? Well, I'm from Long Island, it's carrots. carrots. It's carrots. carrots. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, you have carrots on your finger, and you have carrots in your glass. What are you gonna do? Same thing. Jeez, hard audience this morning. Did you just like turn on the New York accent? Yeah. Like, all of a sudden. I'm. I'm from. Well, I'm from Long Island. If you want, I can make my hair very large very quickly. It's just like <laughs> it's a gift that we're all born with. Um. So. I just kind of wanted to do like a little like a little pick me up without actually having the alcohol in it. So again, carrot, a little bit of apple, and then we have turmeric, and then we're going to add fresh ginger. And the ginger, like if you, I'm sure everyone, if you've been to a juice store, you've seen that they have ginger bombs now. And it's basically instead of having caffeine, you do a ginger bomb and you just shoot it, and like you're just wide awake, and your palate's wide awake, and it's really good for your like digestive system. Do I suggest you do them every day? Absolutely not. You will blow out your um, all that good probiotic that you have inside your stomach but is it good for you like maybe twice a week yeah it's great it's like it's a really good um enzyme it's like it's really good for like cleansing so you give it a little shake and knock it off and when you have any kind of fresh juice, right, you have this like little thing called uh, a fine mesh strainer or a cone strainer. So if you can like look them up on the internet, you know, obviously you can't see when you're on a podcast and you'll take it and you're going to double strain it uh, over your ice. And it's just really pretty. And it actually, um, if you um, could be here and you could smell this, it's actually really quite lovely. It's fragrant. Mm-hmm. So when you shake these drinks and you have the ginger in it, what you're doing is you're just activating it. You have to. That's why when you see like um, juice bottles and stuff like that, it says shake me. Because what happens is it settles and passes over. And we're not using straws because we, we are in love with the Lonely Whale Foundation. So we're not using a straw right now. But do I agree that you can use paper straws, con straws? Yes, absolutely. But we don't actually need that this morning. So and cheers. Enjoy. Cheers. I'm going to make one for myself on the side. So is the ginger the yellow? The ginger is the yellow. So this is... Um, well, that's got a little spicy kick. Oh. Yeah. So, so, so here's the, so let's just, let's talk, about, well, let's talk about a cocktail in general. So everybody knows, like, I don't know if everybody knows this. Cocktails were invented or were made with a little bit of sugar, juice, uh, to be served in the morning hours, right? And you would have like a little hit of alcohol in it. Born in the you wrong would not century. drink. In cocktails, um, uh, prior to uh, prohibition in this country, you would never have a cocktail past like noon, okay. right? You'd have them in the morning. You'd go to work. You'd have a little pick me up. You'd go to work. In the evenings, you would drink wine, port, um, you know, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, spirits or straight spirit, right? 
It wasn't until after Prohibition and uh, everybody came back to this country, all the bartenders came back to this country, that cocktails flipped the script and they started giving you sugary drinks at night. So if you ever notice, when you drink the really sugary drinks at night, you know, you get that little bit of a, you get a bellyache, you don't feel great in the morning, it's because you're like, there's too much sugar at night, right? So if you, but when you're on vacation, miraculously, you could have so many like pina coladas and you're totally fine all day, right? It's because your body can tolerate the sugar in the morning hours early, yeah. and then, you know, later on, you can't do it. So. Remember how I said I had a concept that was based on somebody else's talent? <laughs> <laughs> I am smarter than I look, I promise. <sighs> you know, you know, she's not just looks, everybody, not just looks. <laughs> <laughs> so much more. Um, so, one, one question, and I know we're running, we're getting a little close here on time, but answer me this. Yeah. Um, tell me how, what's the benefits, and you hear about, like, subscription platforms, and this is honestly, uh, this is me asking, because I have a podcast question, yeah. actually, like, to monetize it, like, with revenues, like, t- typical, and because of my background, I understand advertising revenues, yeah. how you get there, I don't, but I mean, yep. I get the basic idea, but the subscription part, what the platforms now that you hear, um, do you see the numbers in that? Do you see... The, is, is, is it working? Do subscriptions work? Are you talking about paid subscriptions? Yes, yes I'm sorry. Yeah, so, um, so it's early. Um, it's, it's a mix. I think, it's, I think the challenge with podcasting in general is like a lot of forms of digital media. Folks got used to being free and ad-supported. Yep. And so, you know, I think... So I'll give you an example. At Slate, what Slate did was they, they took their model and said, hey, you know what? We have really avid podcast listeners. It's, it's our stickiest audience. They come to live events. They pay, they pay money, real money for tickets and yep. shows and all that. So what we're going to do is we're going to create a membership program, but we're going to make our podcast the center of that. And what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to allow folks to, you know, they'll pay their monthly subscription, and in exchange they'll get extra segments. So um, yeah. Political GabFest, for example, they do three segments. For Slate Plus members, they do a fourth. And then they'll also pull out the advertising for those folks if, you know, if, yeah. if that's the, the, the way that the person wants to consume it. And that has proven really successful for them because it's, it's provided something like an additional dose of something that people are really passionate about. Um, I think in general about subscription products for podcasts, you know, I think the jury's still really far out. You see platforms like Stitcher and Luminary is a company that just came out and got a lot of funding for that. Um, and I think there's some interesting models there, but I think it's, it, it's an uphill battle because of where you start in terms of people used to getting it for free yeah. and getting it used to. Now, if you're really passionate about something, I know some people who are really passionate about certain true crime shows, and if they can get access to... There sure certain, are a lot of podcasts about true crime shows. Right. And, and, some you know, of them are pretty bad. Yeah, and some, <laughs> yeah, and some are pretty good, yes, right? And, and so some folks will pay. I know someone on my team who are actually paid so they get access to Wondery's you know, some of their true crime podcasts early because they just couldn't get enough of it fast. But that's really focusing on a passion or a niche. And so yeah. I don't think it's at mainstream yet. Um, will it? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's got to be beneficial driven, benefit-driven, obviously. There's yeah. got to be something. If I'm going to give you five bucks for something I typically get free, I need a, you got to give me a something. Yeah, yeah. You're so, shaking naked, Gina. That's what it is. I don't know. I, mean, I, <laughs> I pay for a lot of stuff on my phone. I don't even realize it anymore. I just, like, click it because if I want it. So, I mean... I mean, is the next generation even going to care? Like, you know what I mean? That's another thing. Like, look, like forecasting futures, like, yeah. you know, just like any other business. Like, you know, 
I don't I know. It's all about the value, like you know, like you're talking about. What's the value proposition? You know, what are you? What's the exchange? What am I paying for? What am I getting in return? Yep. And you know, obviously yep. there are some things people are willing to pay for and support. And that's the other model, right? Is maybe you guys see it and be interested to hear what your thoughts are. But do people, you know? respond to direct response advertisers you have on the show or others because they know it helps support the show that they love and and they want it to continue and they know like that's what we hear from particularly independent podcasters is that people support their advertisers because they realize that's a way to fund the show and keep it going because they love it and you know and they'll do things like patreon and 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 provide money in that way but um I, you know, I hear them on shows, and I just find it very odd, maybe just because of my age, or I think it's, um, you know, like, I guess I don't draw the connection because I see advertisers as advertisers, and you get the gig. Yeah. I mean, like, you understand it by, um, I for me, it seems like an, a, a big leap to yeah. think that because I said it. Now, what I think that, wh- what I think works for us is that, because Gina says to use a product. Mm. And it's coming from an expert, not okay. just because it's just coming so from that's a an show endorsement. that I would like. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's more of an endorsement. Because I get my sneakers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> because, I mean, that's the distinction. Did you need to be well-grounded when you shake? Is well, that what it is? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm going to need my own uh, line of sneakers. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, don't think you're going to get rich doing this. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Would, this is, you have to, like, want to do this. Like, you have to, like, want to start this. You have to want to be here. You have to, like... You know, have something to tell somebody, and then you have to be willing to make the you know the sacrifice. Like I think that's um, did we ever talk about like the sacrifice that goes into this? No, we didn't. Yeah, I mean it's a sacrifice. Yeah, I mean you have to. That's a lot of time. It's a lot of time. It's yep. a lot of time. But do you find that so when you talk about products on the show, so there's two schools of thoughts on this, right? Like some of the media brands we work with, they've got journalists and they've got a real strict code of ethics around what they're willing to endorse versus what they're willing to even talk about or if they can even read an ad, yep. right? Yep. Um, but there's a big distinction between, particularly on the direct response side, between advertisers wanting to actually endorse their product or just talk about the product. And I'm curious, and, and some will say, I'm not even going to do an ad and you know, bless them if, they, if they've got enough money that they don't need to, they can turn stuff away left and right, but a lot of them don't, where that distinction between an endorsement and just talking about a product. Like, in other words, you, know, you mentioned Gina touting a product, but are you, always, are you only talking about ads that you would actually use and endorse yourself, or are you just, will you do ads for stuff you'll just talk about? We, okay, so that's a two-part question. I mean, for us, it is we will only endorse products that we believe in, yep. only because in, if we start tarnishing our own brand, sure. then we might as well just close up shop now. Right. Um, we also can't be, um, you know, Gen, Gen X for long because mm-hmm. then we become their show. Like yeah. we have to because to keep the integrity, and we don't have many a lot of it, but what little we have, yeah. we've got to keep true to our brand, yeah. and that is it. If I brought a product to Gina and she's like, Louise, this is absolute shit. No. Yeah. I we have to stand behind that because otherwise she has. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm like, no. Yeah. So, but but that's where I also have to rely on her to know the difference. Like, my job is to keep to do the show, come up with the ideas, keep it going, all the movement, all the production, bring everyone in to make it happen. And hers is to make sure that we stay spot on, yeah. on that we're true to her brand, which means that we're being true to our own brand, mm. um, that, we, that we're not pushing something. But will that, you guys take advertising from folks that are totally outside of the spirits world? Absolutely. And you'll just, like, let's say it's a Casper mattress. Will you do that read and you just, it's not an endorsement? Yeah, because you know what we talk, that's, what we would do is we would do a read that would bring you back into, you know, that, that, one, that night of having too much. Yeah. You know what you need? You need a really good bed. <laughs> you need to be able to take a good night. You're going to have to sleep that one off. <laughs> 
sleep it off. Yes, yeah, sleep it off. So you could absolutely. I'm an advertising. All I did was spin shit as a creative director. So it's the same thing. You just use what you know and make it work. Okay. But I mean, it could could it be about? Obviously, there's going to things that don't make that make zero sense yeah. um, for us to even touch. Nor like aquariums. We. I don't know. Could, could you then make your own salt water? Well, I, just want to see, I just wanted to see how far she can go with this. Uh, you could because you could maybe you could get a goldfish in your drink, and that's step to clean out. Is it better to clean your glasses with it? I don't know. Let me get to work on it. I mean, this is a new game. Actually, we have a new game called Let's See If We Can Stop Louise. Well, I don't even care. We're drinking these juices. You ended. never know what's going to happen afterward. I'm going to spike saying. this. I'm going to spike this. I decided. Okay, so speaking of this drink, I usually fail at this, and this is really important. I do a little housekeeping. Um, if you wanted Gina's recipe on today's mocktail, you would head over to designateddrinker.show. That's designateddrinker.show. And you'll get all the how-to tips and uh, where to get it and all the other things that Gina provides for us on how to make amazing mocktails and cocktails. Yes. And the other thing you'll be able to do is you head over to our website. Um, we'll make sure that you stay in the know. We'll give you the address to AFDC. Um, actually, uh, AAF, American Advertising Federation, is a, a national association. Um, but we are connected to the, to the DC so, uh, chapter, so we'll make sure we have a... A web address for that as well. Um, and then, please tell me, uh, I'm not going to get it right. Panoply, pananoply, banana pie. Please tell me. <laughs> panoply. Panoply. Media. Yeah, we'll make sure that that link is there as well. I'm just a pretty face. Um, and so, uh, so that way, all of our listeners, so you can like follow up on any of what we're talking about and who we're talking to. It'll all be there for you. Great. Yeah. So I told you I was going to. Okay. All right. I had to clean up my language today. I only threw a few. Well, all right. Out. Let's not clean up our language. Let's let's all head over to Buffalo and Bergen. Let's go have some Bloody Marys. Oh yeah, because then my mouth will work again. I need and a then, alcohol. And then we'll 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 have like a morning buzz. We'll talk about it. Maybe have a bagel. We're good. All right. You in? I'm 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 in to hang out with you guys more. That's so sure. good. All right. So well, cheers. 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 Thank you. Thank you guys.